This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity, a.k.a. Wolfie T, a.k.a. Brett. I can't talk too long. I gotta poo. What's up? I like the being extra formal with your names, getting all the a.k.a.s in. (laughs) You don't want to run them all together, so it sounds like one one long name. <laughs> no, I like to give each name its a little space, you know, give it its due, <laughs> its prominence. Some, some people call me positively Wolfie T. They sure some do. People, some people call me Mr. P. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It's not like it's my real name anyways. You're like uh, Prince or... P. Diddy or, you know, Snoop Dogg with all the AKAs. It's like it's Prince and the artist formerly known as Prince and then just the artist and then just a fucking symbol. They can't can't even pronounce, I don't think. But yeah, uh, we haven't done a recently seen episode in a while, so I figured it'd be a good time to do it. Uh, we are still in the in the throes of our horror extravaganza. Is, sure, that the, is that the correct usage? I, I've heard that word used in similar <laughs> ways before. I'm trying to throw an extra $5 word in every podcast. <laughs> is that on your word of day calendar? We <laughs> <laughs> did a bit about that on Family Guy last episode. <laughs> Peter had his word of the day calendar that he was so proud of using, but it was like one of them was him. And the other one was get. <laughs> he was just using like the most simple words. <laughs> So he would say something like, oh, thanks. I'm glad I get to use my word of the day. Just get <laughs> for him. I've so. seen probably about five different shows use that gimmick like <laughs> in reruns recently. Mm. It's a very common trope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so we are continuing our horror extravaganza. We still have uh, Body Double, which we're going to record next week. And followed by uh, the car, which will kind of wrap up the month. And uh, we're not going to do an extra episode uh, for the horror extravaganza per se, but we are going to be having a special bonus episode on our feed, I guess. Because uh, you and I were guests on the always entertaining and always unpredictable, <laughs> sometimes controversial. <laughs> um, Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast. So we recorded that last weekend. That was a lot of fun. We talked about two horror films, Prom Night and The Fog. And uh, they said that uh, they were going to send us the audio. We could post it on our feed, which I'll do probably just a few days after after they post it. And um, yeah, you'll be able to get a little bonus content. So it was an absolute blast recording with those guys. Mm-hmm. They're fucking hilarious. A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of tangents. <laughs> so if, if you're not too interested in hearing about the fog and prom night, you'll hear about a lot of other topics. Yeah. Yeah. They've, uh, I've been listening to them for close to 10 years and uh, they are my favorite all time movie podcast. And no disrespect to Steve and Mark. They're a, they're a close second. Okay, movie drone. I haven't forgotten about you. That's why you're not in the extra special thank yous anymore on movie drone. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to them today. I got dropped out too. I don't know what I did. but uh, <laughs> I, got, I got dropped to the regular thank yous. Well, because I went and commented on their, uh, their new episode post. But yeah. you listen to the new one, right? With the um, Halloween H two O. Yeah, because I I also commented that uh, 
on that episode, Steve wrote a quiz for his co-host Mark and their guest on the episode from the Film Busters podcast, Ben. Mm-hmm. And he clearly gave Ben all the questions <laughs> and answers beforehand. And Mark didn't even say anything about it. He just he just let it slide. I was a little curious about that myself. What was your comment? <laughs> if you can go on Twitter right now, he, they haven't responded to it yet, but I just commented and I go, Jill shoes. <laughs> I wrote a gif with, uh, it's, uh, from Wayne's world. <laughs> Do you accept cash? Because <laughs> Mark talked about selling a uh, Jill shoes. <laughs> you're trying, you're trying to buy Steve's wife's used marathon shoes. <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. I see how it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course, you should check out Movie Joan. But uh, those of you who haven't heard of movie uh, Midnight Movie Cowboys, definitely seek them out as well. They know a lot of ins and outs of the movie business. They, that they do. They got all kinds of crazy tidbits that they just pull off the top of their head all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's really entertaining really interesting if you're you know want to know about movies and they they crack jokes at a lot of people so mm-hmm. worth checking out plus we're on an upcoming episode so yeah all the more reason to check it out all right well let's get into it what did you see clary what did you see now you completed the movie challenge for the man with the golden gun so uh, usually I would go first, but uh, I guess we could kind of both go first as we both saw No Time to Die. Oh, good for you. And how was it? We did. Although I think all the movies I'm going to talk about today you've seen, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, let's both talk about No Time to Die. Directed by Kiri Joji Fukunaga, Fukunaga, starring Daniel Craig. Anna Diarmas, Rami Malik, Leah Sedu, Lashana Lynch, Ray Fiennes, Ben Wishaw, Naomi Harris, Jeffrey Wright, Christoph Walls. Synopsis James Bond has left active service. His peace is short lived when Felix Leiter, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology technology so scary been hearing old people talk about how scary technology is for my whole life (laughs) uh this movie was uh pretty uh culturally relevant i guess to today it was ahead of its time (laughs) (laughs) with a a virus plot line and it was delayed about 18 months because of covid yeah this thing uh Sat on the shelf for a while. I remember people were asking Fukunaga if uh, he was going to re-edit anything since he had all this spare time. And he said no. I think his reasoning was, uh, well, I mean, he said, it's finished, it's complete. You know, it isn't anything. But he also kind of talked about how, well, you know, you can always tinker around and move things around and see how they look. And but I think it was more like, uh, they just, spent way too much money on it already and they could not spend another dime. They keep on starting and stopping the promotion and marketing side of it. Right. About three, four different times. They ran oh. the trailer for it for almost two full years. <laughs> I think Top Gun's got them beat though. Cause Top Gun's not coming out till fucking Memorial day, but they've been running that trailer since Memorial day of 2019. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause it was, supposed to come out in november right the uh, november of this year yeah that was the most recent yes yeah. that was the most recent and they pushed date. it to may the 2022 may. yeah but like it was supposed to be like christmas of last year and then like summer of 2021 and then november 2021 and now it's may 2022 yeah uh I think No Time to Die might have got pushed from summer of 2020 to summer of 2021 and then moved again till Yeah, I think November. it was actually April 
or uh, October, rather. April or May of 2020 was its first uh, original uh, release date, I believe. Oh, that's right. Keep yeah. on moving it a couple months at a time, and then it was six months, a year. But uh, yeah, you watched all the Daniel Craig Bond movies in preparation for this film. I watched them in a two-week span. It's a lot of James Bond. <laughs> you couldn't let one AMC A-list ticket go to waste. <laughs> well, I saw they, they ran Casino Royale at the theater, and it was A-list eligible, so I went to see that because uh, there weren't uh, like three new movies I wanted to see. Yeah. Um, and then I figured I might as well finish it. So I borrowed the, the rest of the, the Blu-rays from Mulder. The first two, Casino Royale and Quantum Solace, I, I thought were just kind of, eh, I, I didn't think they were very good. Um, like, they're not, like, terrible, but, like, they're not great. Um, give each of them a last resort. Skyfall, I liked the best out of the group. I think that was really good. Spectre was... Uh, another one i really liked uh maybe slightly less than skyfall but it's pretty close like i don't know people people been shitting on specter i've been noticing that and i'm like i don't like i thought it was pretty good like yeah. i don't no time to die oof but that was a step down in quality after the last two yeah um, then, then again i'm not used to james bond being you know chasing the same woman and crying over her and all that mm-hmm. stuff yeah yeah <laughs> it's nice to uh, it's gonna be nice to hear your uh, like a little juxtaposition of watching all these new ones and then the man with the golden gun <laughs> like what do you think <laughs> of that one i definitely liked no time to die uh but as of right now i like casino royale better i like skyfall better and i like specter better so I, right now it's just it's better than quantum for me for the craig films right right i mean there's there's enough action to kind of get you through it's not like it's a boring movie mm-hmm. necessarily like there's there's a bunch of different action scenes and stuff um but like when they wrap up this franchise the set of the franchise they, they mean they're wrapping it up like <laughs> i don't want to spoil it but they they make wrap sure it up that, <laughs> they make sure that like you know it's the last one <laughs> It's the name of that Latino <laughs> actor that's on Half Baked and Chappelle Show. You'll wrap it up, B. <laughs> oh, uh, Guillermo Diaz. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Better wrap it up, B. <laughs> I, I, uh, I had a class in school where we had to invent something, and I quote-unquote invented the wrap it up box. <laughs> <laughs> but I just stole it from Chappelle's show, but the teacher didn't know. <laughs> oh, wow. It's <laughs> such a great idea. Mm. The wrap it up box. If you're not familiar, it's it's uh, takes its uh, idea from uh, from award shows where if your speech goes too long, they start playing the the orchestra to uh, get you to wrap up your speech and get off the stage. And so the wrap it up box is a box that has a button on it. And you hit the button and music starts playing. And then there's a flashing light behind a sign that says wrap it up. (laughs) And you just use it in your everyday life, whenever you're done with something. (laughs) Oh man! (laughs) Like if you're on trial for serious crimes, (laughs) but uh, yeah. So, so yeah, like there's, there's a lot of action scenes and stuff with this. Um, I didn't think the plot was especially strong. In fact, uh, I don't know. I, I, I there's there's stuff towards the end that I I had a a problem with that uh, I thought was just ridiculous. And then like uh, Rami Malek is the uh, the new villain, and uh, Seth. Like, he's not he's not in it very much. And then like his. His character doesn't seem to like the continuity on his character doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So I thought that hurt it. Um, yeah, I concur. Like, especially towards the end, like there's some scenes with him and Bond. Well, finally, there's a scene of him and Bond like talking. Right. It's right at the end, you're like, okay, they haven't talked the whole fucking movie. And I've barely seen him in like the last hour and a half. <laughs> you see him at the beginning. And then, right. like, like once. 
uh i guess yeah there's an action scene that he's involved in like halfway through you know with the he's in a helicopters of the forest like action set piece mm-hmm. but like other than that like he just disappeared for like most of the movie <laughs> and he's um, just kind of there like yeah i don't know like he doesn't do a lot i like blofeld coming back you know i mean making him some a couple more appearances yeah, I'd almost prefer if they just had him, you know, breaking out and doing more stuff. Um, yeah, or make uh, like Safin like the big henchman, big bad henchman, like the heir apparent. Yeah. yeah, like they always have a big bad, and they they did have one in this movie too with the Cyclops dude. But that um, dude was a goof. I thought <laughs> he was a goof. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like Inspector, you know, you got batista who's awesome as like the big big bad henchman you know with a gimmick yeah yeah he was great in that movie definitely what else went uh oh i you'll hear this on our midnight movie cowboys uh appearance but rami malik will always be kenny from the war at home (laughs) to me you posted the that little, video on twitter didn't you or did you not yeah i tweeted it out okay. uh, on sunday i think i don't know when this is coming out but uh <laughs> rami malik one of his early roles was the weird neighbor kid on michael rapaport's short-lived mid-aughts family sitcom <laughs> and there's an episode where he comes out of the closet to michael rapaport <laughs> And like that's the only thing I I think of when I see Rami Malek, like <laughs> like that's one of the reasons why he couldn't come off as the uh, like in in the little things he's like the the hard ass detective with a wife and kids and I'm like eh, I don't think so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah the No Time to Die it's the longest Bond at 163 minutes and I will say that it didn't feel that long or like it. You know, for, for as much as I was like a little uneasy about the runtime, I thought it was paced pretty well and they had enough action to keep it moving. But I thought uh, most of the action kind of went downhill after the opening, the cold right. open, which is like a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a half hour before you hear Billie Eilish. Well, they, they do uh, two flashbacks, don't they, at the beginning of the movie? Uh, there's a one flashback, and then, and then yeah. they do like then another they one, pick like up another the, flashback, and then Billie Eilish, right? Yeah, because it's like the they do like a true flashback, and then there's one that's like this is what happened right after Spectre, mm-hmm. and then they do the the credits, and then they're like five years later. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> which I think kind of hurts the the continuity too because it doesn't make sense that they would wait five years to do a lot of this stuff like they should almost have just filmed it as if it happened right after specter instead of going real time between the movies they did with quantum this action was still good it was just like i i like the one in uh in cuba and the one in the forest is pretty good the first one's the best i think and then like at the end it's kind of yeah it's just a lot of running around just randomly shooting dudes and they're falling you know they're falling over and yeah there's there's this at least one scene where he's just shooting nameless guys for like 10 straight minutes <laughs> <laughs> like jesus christ how long does this go on <laughs> yeah so um performances are fine it wasn't you know i was dreading like you know they're marketing it like it was going to be super woke and it wasn't really at all so I guess that was that was a plus. Yeah, and they promoted beforehand that there would be a female 007, but mm-hmm. like that really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it was just they had somebody who was active in the field, and James Bond was retired. Yeah. So it's not like she's the new James Bond. She just yeah. slid into the open position. Yeah, he literally quit at the end of Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> but. but uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, guess we I, could go ahead. Uh, I was I was gonna say I, I didn't think that that she was very good. The 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 new double of seven. I thought she was kind of a 
she looked really hokey with a gun. Like she didn't yeah. look like she was very well trained. She wasn't in it all that much either. No, she's another one that would show up for a little bit and then disappear for half an hour and then she'd show up for a couple minutes. And this movie felt like there was like they tried to fit too much into it. Even with its huge, you know, runtime, it, it still didn't have enough time to do all everything <laughs> it wanted. So it's like, oh, the big villain's not really in there much. And this new right. 007's not really in there much. It felt like it was missing something, even though there was a lot of shit in there. <laughs> It somehow had too much and not enough. Yeah. At the same time. Anyway, what were you going to score it? What, what, what yeah. As uh, an overall, I still liked it. Still recommend you see it. I will give it an eventually. Eventually. And I will give it a last resort. It's a last resort. All right. So I will go again since you did the movie challenge. I saw a 2021 film foreign film in fact the winner of the can palm d'Or, titan 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 it's basically like french for titanium yeah uh directed by julia ducarnau ducarnau also written by her starring agatha roselle vincent linden Grants Marlier. So French names here. So I'm trying to <laughs> trying to get them right. Uh, Miriam Acadio, Bertrand Bonello, Dominique Frot. That'll do it. Um, synopsis. Following a series of unexplained crimes, a father is reunited with the son who has been missing for 10 years to 10. A metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys. That's the synopsis in IMDb, which doesn't really tell you anything about it. No. And if you've seen the trailer, the trailer also doesn't really tell you much about it. <laughs> it just looks really fucked up. I don't know if I should admit this on, on the podcast, but I, I went to see this movie <laughs> and there are certain elements in it that that turned my stomach to the point where I, uh, I had to tap out and uh, I, uh, I ended up walking out, but I am intrigued on potentially watching it at home uh, <laughs> where I can maybe, you know, hit the pause button and take a break every once in a while. Bathroom's and, a lot uh, closer. <laughs> it was, uh, I don't know. Like, like you said, the trailer, like it, it could be anything based on the trailer because the trailer is wild and there's no dialogue in it whatsoever, <laughs> but it also does not reveal anything about the plot. See, I'm not sure how much of the storyline I should even talk about the spoiler. Now I feel like the main thing with her and the car was talked about another synopsis. I saw Because I go, what she does, what with a car and what happens? <laughs> I will say I made it longer than the, the couple that was sitting in my row who left during the, uh, the early scene where they're at the car show and she's sexually gyrating on the hood <laughs> of the car. <laughs> they, they made it about four or five minutes before they left. There was only like three other people in the theater when I went. Yeah. Uh, so I guess everybody else was cool with it. Like, and I've seen a lot of praise for it on Twitter, but let's, I want to hear what you had, uh, what okay. your opinion is. So this director, her previous film was raw. I don't know if you ever saw that. Also a French film. No, I was thinking of watching it, but I think it's only available on Tubi right now. And I didn't really want to sit through commercials. I saw it on Netflix, but it was a couple of years ago, I think. But uh, yeah, that one had a lot of praise for it. And I saw it and I, I liked it. I wasn't, you know, wasn't, I'm not going to rewatch it every year or anything like that. But she kind of tends to, I mean, these two films are kind of like body horror type films. Almost mm-hmm. like a, a female French Cronenberg or something, you know. And uh, so this one, I could say the basic story is little girls in a car accident. The very beginning of the movie. She has a skull injury and she has a titanium plate inserted into her head. 
And after that, she has a great fondness for cars. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> this movie is pretty bonkers, pretty graphic. Some graphic violence in here. Now, I usually try to watch the, the Palm Door winners. And this one is no exception. And I tend to like really bizarre movies. Something's really fucked up, you know, that usually it's enough to grab my attention, at least to keep me engaged. Yeah. And this one, I was just like, okay. <laughs> like it was I, like it, the credits rolled and I don't think it was a bad movie, but I won't watch it again. Yeah. And there's plenty of fucked up movies that I will watch over and over again. <laughs> Uh, Lars von Trier, hey, he makes some of them. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of hard for me to even rate. Obviously, some critics think the world of it. Won some big awards. So one hand, it's critically well-received. Like I said, I didn't think it was bad. Uh, but, and I'll just, I'll give it a last resort. It's a last resort. Yeah, it seems some of the stuff in there was just, you know, for shock shock for shock's sake like uh i don't know but um i i was surprised that something like that is so getting such mainstream uh reception um because usually something like that doesn't get as wide a release as that so i was a little surprised by that yeah i mean after you see it you you can definitely start to you know connect some dots and say oh this is an allegory for this or that and this is right. a metaphor for this and this is what the director is trying to say and i mean you get some of that and there's especially with films like this and this day and age like you know postmodern film criticism and you know the film is just whatever yeah. you think it is <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a lot of different ways to interpret it but i didn't care about either of them <laughs> or any of them right. i guess it's just like yeah i could see that just doesn't doesn't didn't do much for me right and i guess i'm still intrigued by it to yeah. see what i missed um but i mean it was more extreme than what i was expecting in, in a lot of ways and i was expecting it to be somewhat extreme but not not in the ways that it was yeah anyways let's move on all right. What else have you seen recently? I saw another weird foreign movie. Mm. 2021's Lamb. Subtitles, right? Icelandic language? Yes. Directed by Valdemir Johansson, starring Numi Rapace. Oh, boy. This doesn't even have English letters in this guy's name. Hilmer something or other and Bjorn something or other. Sorry, I they're Icelandic. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't speak Icelandic. Synopsis. Okay. I'm a quarter Icelandic and I can't speak a lick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a childless couple, Maria and Ingvar, discover a mysterious newborn on their farm in Iceland. The unexpected prospect of family life brings them much joy before ultimately destroying them. It's, I don't know. I guess that's a little bit of a spoiler. If you've seen the trailer, the trailer is way better than the movie. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The trailer makes it seem like it's so much more menacing and like, like it's, it's listed as like a horror movie. And mm-hmm. I'm like, literally the whole movie is. So, so if you've seen the trailer, you know that they have like a sheep farm. And one of the sheep gives birth to like a, a sheep, like a lamb human hybrid that they take in as their own child. And literally the next like hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes after the, the thing is born is just them going about their daily routines as parents of this uh, freak baby. That's it. <laughs> like nothing happens. So it's like they copied a racer head and just made a like a, a middling version of it. Not even like that. Like it's not even strange. It's just like, and then like the brother comes to visit, and like the brother's like put off by it at first. And and then like something weird happens at the end. 
but like you waited an hour and 40 minutes for this big like whoa what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and then it's just kind of disappointing Mm. um the trail like i said the trailer was so much better like it's so much more exciting like we put this (laughs) menacing music up and then they show the sheep like kind of getting out of the pen that's just like nothing like in the in the actual movie it's just the sheep moving Mm. from one side of the pen to the other like it's it's not like the the sheep rise up and revolt or anything like that so i don't know it was just like nothing happened like it was Mm -hmm. it was almost boring like how how little like like how just like matter of fact just slice of life it was Mm. and like there's not a lot of dialogue it's just it's just like three people on the farm living their daily lives and they just happen to have this weird child who i don't know at some point the the the, the lamb baby kind of gets a kind of a, a crisis of identity mm-hmm. but like like it's late in the movie like and then i don't know so i wouldn't recommend rushing out to watch this if you're interested maybe check it out on demand when it gets there but Lamb is a last resort. That's a last resort. All right. I saw another film from 2021 in my local cinema, The Card Counter, directed by Paul Schrader and written by Paul Schrader. Stars Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, Ty Sheridan, Willem Dafoe, Alexander Babara, Bobby C. King, Brian Truong. That's about it. Is that the Paul Schrader of the late night band? (laughs) (laughs) David Letterman's band leader. (laughs) Was that his name? Paul Schrader? (laughs) Schaefer. Oh, Paul Schaefer. That's right. You know, Schaefer Chevrolet. That's right. Paul Schaefer. I think my cousin married Paul Schaefer. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're divorced though. The CBS orchestra. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what it was called. (laughs) All right. Uh, Synopsis for the card counter is redemption is the long game and Paul Schrader's the card counter told the Schrader's trademark cinema cinematic intensity revenge thriller tells the story of an ex-military interrogator turned gambler haunted by the ghosts of his past paul schrader now he is an interesting guy he wrote things like taxi driver and raging bull and uh he's even been uh praised recently with first reformed from 2017 i think that was nominated for best picture if it wasn't it was close and it was on a lot of you know, uh, number one on a lot of people's top 10 lists. I remember you raving about it, but how great it was. You bought it sight unseen. I did. And then and I had zero regrets. <laughs> I watched it maybe, I go, maybe the opposite. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I'll, I'd give it another chance. It was just like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> like the trailer is way better. <laughs> That's uh, how I felt watching Lamb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, the card counter, uh, a little similar to that. Now he has some, also some like hits and misses. Like he did, let's see, is it uh dog eat dog? I'm trying to find the movie I saw with him, uh, uh, that he did with Nicholas cage and yet yeah, dog eat dog has a 4.7 on IMDb with Nicholas cage. He also did another Nick cage will be dying of the light with a 4.5. So he has some real clunkers. I bought Doggy Dog because it was really cheap. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a you know nuts Nicholas Cage movie, Paul Schrader, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I'll watch it. And uh yeah, <laughs> it was more entertaining than the card counter. I'll give it that. <laughs> it wasn't very good. Uh the card counter, uh Oscar Isaac, I thought was very good as this troubled former interrogator. Basically, it's like he worked at Guantanamo Bay and did all that or um, Abu Ghraib. Yeah. Did all this terrible stuff, you know, looking for redemption and whatnot. His performance is good. Tiffany Haddish 
I thought was completely miscast. <laughs> like she didn't really, there wasn't really a point to her, her character or just having her be that character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see them having that character there, but yeah, it definitely was uh, against type to have her play mm-hmm. that character. And like, she doesn't really even have like a joke in the movie. Yeah, well, I, I think a couple times she tries to, or at least, or maybe that's just the way she delivers serious mm-hmm. lines because she doesn't know how to act, like in a serious role. Like she's just so used to doing comedy, like everything comes out super hammy. Yeah, like she runs a, a stable of ponies, which is you know, there's a bunch of gamblers that she bankrolls, or she bankrolls on behalf of some of the, like other rich people. Right, and uh, he's like, oh, you're a uh, you know, run a stable and she's like yeah always looking for a good thoroughbred like that's like a joke <laughs> that she tells like, that's the joke i wonder if she improvised that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was like if you're gonna have her in here to have her be a little funny or something i'm not saying she's like a bad actress it was just like well she didn't blow me away in this one well she's know, definitely better at, at- at comedic roles like she's yeah. definitely that that's her forte is comedy or at least like if if you're gonna have her in there in a serious role like make sure you're directing her to do it seriously and not like do her normal like mm-hmm. comedic delivery yeah like first reformed i was very disappointed especially by the ending although i know it's a very poetic movie different ways to interpret it whatnot not give it another chance then I give this another chance too, but it seemed like it was kind of the same. I was just kind of very let down at the end. Tiffany Hash's character, I guess, you know, she matters to Oscar Isaac's character at the end of the film. Uh, but I just didn't care. Yeah. For a movie called The Card Counter, he sure doesn't do a lot of card counting. <laughs> well, the, well, he kind of talks about it in the beginning, but yeah. then it's just like, you know. Because uh, because what he does he goes around like he just travels around the country to different uh, card clubs or casinos or whatever and usually plays blackjack or something um, and then he gets he gets recruited to to become a like a tournament poker player um, yeah and it's gonna be like his one last his one last stand before calling it quits as a as a card player. And so that's that's kind of where Tiffany Haddish's character comes to play because she she's the one that finances his his uh, poker tournaments. Yeah, and you didn't really mention Ty Sheridan, who's kind of the uh, the real catalyst behind the revenge angle mm-hmm. of of the whole movie. He he's the one that really recruits Oscar Isaac's character into the revenge plot. Yeah, and I think this is probably the worst I've seen him. Like, I feel like every other movie I've seen him in, he was better. I don't know if I had seen him act before. I've seen him in several things, starting out in Mud. You ever seen Mud or uh, Joe? I feel like I've seen one, but not both. <laughs> I know you saw him in X-Men Apocalypse. He's the young Scott Summers. Cyclops. <laughs> I know him as a writer. Uh and I like I I had no idea what he looked like. No, you're but, thinking uh, of Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan, that's who I was thinking. Oh <laughs> shit! No wonder I was so confused. <laughs> Ty Sheridan is the child actor who's uh, well now he's 25 almost. Oh, he was he was Scott Summers in X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, just said that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, you said he was in there, and he was in Ready Player One, which sucked. <laughs> So yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna give this movie a last resort. It's a last resort. See, I, I saw the card counter and uh, I thought it was good, but not great. I, I would give it a eventually. Eventually. Okay. All right. My next movie, another 2021 release. Arguably the best superhero movie of the year, according to some people. Venom colon let there be carnage <laughs> it's possibly the shortest superhero movie of the year so that's a that's a point in the plus column mm-hmm. directed by andy circus who knew he was directing movies mm. starring tom hardy 
Woody Harrelson, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris, who was in the Duke Bond movie, uh, Reed Scott, Stephen Graham, Peggy Lou. Uh, synopsis. Eddie Brock attempts to reignite his career by interviewing serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who becomes the host of the symbiote Carnage and escapes prison after a failed execution. I never got around to seeing the first Venom movie, so uh, I can't comment on that one. I think that one got mixed reviews. I've I've heard people praise it, and I've heard yeah. people say it's terrible. I think, I think both uh, films are hovering right around sixteen Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, although it, I mean, you you get the premise. Eddie Brock has a symbiote that uh, is Venom. I mean, it's. It's not rocket science. You can follow the story. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. You know, it's it's got enough humor and stuff, but it, it's still like it, it's real basic storytelling, like comic book storytelling, and it's different than the Marvel formula. And like, it's not like as dark and gritty as the DC stuff. So it was nice to have a. a bit of a, a change of pace from just the usual yeah. uh, comic book stuff i thought like the cgi looked good the acting was good woody harrelson is like doing his best uh, like over the top like nick cage style shit mm-hmm. which is funny also like i think he's supposed to be like 40 years old in this movie which is kind of hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, they do a flashback to, like, 1996, and he's, like, in high school or something. (laughs) (laughs) And and so, like, he's not, like, 65 years old in the movie. The the big climactic battle between the two CGI monsters was pretty sweet, uh, all things considered. Um, I'm a little torn on this because you probably don't need to see it, but if you do, I uh, I think it's enjoyable enough to go see it. If you're if you're a comic book fan, I think it's definitely a uh, or maybe if you're not necessarily a comic book fan, but if you're sick of all the Marvel stuff and not with the DC stuff yet, um, this is a good compromise, which is probably not a great way to sell the movie. But um, I'm going to say. I'm gonna give it a last resort, but it's it's close to being an eventually for me because it's mm-hmm. very entertaining and enjoyable. But but you can probably skip it if you're not like into that type of thing. It's a last resort. All right. The last film I'm gonna talk about is also from 2021. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, directed by Michael Showalter of uh, the state fame, Wet Hot American Summer, Stella, done a lot of stuff like that. Works with David Wayne a lot. I didn't know he directed it until I saw it in the opening credits. Yeah. I was surprised. Starring Jessica Chastain, Andrew Garfield, Cherry Jones, Vincent D'Onofrio, Mark Weistrach, Weistrach, Sam Yeager, Gabriel Olds, Frederick Lane, I think that'll do it. Synopsis, an intimate look at the extraordinary rise, fall, and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Baker. So I knew pretty much nothing about Tammy Faye Baker except for an SNL sketch I saw back in the day. That was the only reason I knew the name at all. She was on season two of The Surreal Life. Mm. Never really watched that stuff. Just the clips of like, you know, Vern Troyer drunk and pissing and stuff. That's about it. I used to watch it. I actually, it's on Pluto TV. I I went and watched the first episode of that season after, after I saw the movie Mm. and like, it's, uh, it's her, Ron Jeremy, (laughs) Vanilla Ice, Eric Estrada, uh, Tracy Bingham, and then, uh, Trishel from the real world. Mm. So very eclectic bunch so yeah the eyes of tammy faye i thought was fantastic 
I really liked uh, both the performances. Didn't know that Tammy Faye was from Minnesota. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I didn't know that either. Chastain handled the accent well enough. Especially when you see the real Tammy Faye at the end. You're like, oh, that's a pretty... I mean, besides the, uh, the appearance was spot on. But the voice yeah. is pretty close as well. Andrew Garfield, he's just a real jobber, isn't he? He's just in like everything. He puts <laughs> together these like good performances. Like everything I see him in, he's pretty good. And he does a lot of movies. It feels like I see him in like a movie every year. I feel like I haven't seen him in that much, but I Pandemic know he does standing, a, but I, I know he does quite a few movies, but I feel like they're ones that I don't <laughs> I don't generally see. Yeah. Like I think he does a lot of lower budget stuff. At least over the last, like since he quit doing Spider-Man. Like in, in 2016, he was nominated for Best Actor for Hexaw Ridge, but he could have been nominated for Silence because that came out the same year. Yeah. And he's done a few things since then that I haven't seen, but a lot of that because of the pandemic, there isn't a lot of stuff going on. But yeah, um, ever since the summer of the social network, he's been pretty good in what I've seen him in. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty fascinating story. I thought this movie was kind of i tanya-esque did you get that vibe at all yes it's especially with michael showalter directing it it comes off a little bit comedic in a way yeah but it's definitely mostly serious you know mm-hmm. but it's so outrageous like the uh how over the top tammy faye was it, it really fits like the style of filmmaking fits the character yeah don't have more uh much more to add so i'll just say that you should watch this movie soonish soonish 100 agree that movie is great and i agree like after i saw that i'm like you might as well just give them all the acting nominations right now because <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna top that yeah they're really good vincent d'onofrio as uh jerry falwell was pretty great <laughs> yeah like he's one of those actors where like he shows up in a bunch of movies, but like I never recognize him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who's who's that guy doing that role? He's really fucking good. Oh, it's Vincent D'Onofrio again. <laughs> <laughs> of course, who else would it be? All right. Well, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on the man with the golden gun. Yeah, from 1974. Uh, directed by Guy Hamilton, starring Roger Moore, Christopher Lee, Britt Eklund, Maude Adams, Hervé Villachez, Clifton James, Richard Liu, Soon Tech O, Mark Lawrence, Bernard Lee, Lois Maxwell. I think that's enough. Synopsis, James Bond is targeted by the world's most expensive assassin while he attempts to recover sensitive solar cell technology that is being sold to the highest bidder. Ironically, a couple days before I watched The Man with the Golden Gun, I watched The Wicker Man, which also stars Christopher Lee and Brett Eklund. Mm. Uh, In that one, you see quite a bit more Brett Eklund. That you do. Although apparently... Some of it is body double work. So, just some, not all. <laughs> Plus, I, I think I read she was pregnant in that one. So, that makes it kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> makes it a fetish. <laughs> like, no wonder that cop was uh, so, so uh, willing to say no. <laughs> Anyways, the man with the golden gun. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> This was this is great. Um, I want to say like they probably tried to squeeze too much stuff into it. Like we kind of talked about that with the No Time to Die, but like this one's a much shorter runtime. But the plot gets a little convoluted at points, and yeah. like there's there's some stuff where it's just like like a hat on top of a hat. So <laughs> <laughs> much stuff they got going on, but it's like like it's not boring or anything. It's just like oh my god there's so much shit i don't even know like like it's almost too much like good too much of a good thing like you need like take a break or something for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) to kind of you know settle back down and ramp back up again (laughs) 
Yeah, I thought it was great. Christopher Lee was a fantastic villain. Mm-hmm. Herve was was amazing. <laughs> looking ripped. I yeah. love that scene with Herve with the shirt off, looking jacked. Yeah. Not an ounce of body fat on <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Uh, I like how James Bond, so like Britt Eklund plays a character named Good Knight, who's like a fellow agent. Was she in a previous movie or did they just like say that they worked together before? Because when they first meet, she shows up to, to pick him up at the airport or whatever. And he's like, oh, after two years, you're still late, you know, or something like that. And I, I don't remember her being in other movies that I've seen um in the series like growing up i always like remembered her being in like two bond films but she's not she's just in the one okay so it's just alluding to something that happened off screen yeah Um, but i i I was just busting out that uh like james bond usually he's very welcoming of female advances but with Mm -hmm. good night he's just like She's like shooing her away. <laughs> like, like he doesn't want anything to do with her. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. She's like, and, and at first, like, she's like, I'm going to play hard to get or whatever. And he's like, okay, <laughs> like, fuck off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it was great. Um, a lot of great action scenes. Another like kind of convoluted uh, villain plot. Uh, yep. it's very similar to, to a lot of the other ones where it's just like well I have this device that I can use to charge countries a lot of money for uh, utilities yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> then Bond um, is like uh, you could also have uh, boys from the Middle East like the fossil fuel people pay you to not use it right I thought of that too Mr. Bond <laughs> <laughs> the best of both worlds there you can get paid by anybody pretty much yeah so a lot of fun and then we got our our boy uh what's his name jw pepper shows up (laughs) honestly he seems really shoehorned in there but yeah he's so fucking entertaining like he's so funny (laughs) like like uh, you don't need him in there like you could cut him out and you'd have just as good of a movie but like I'm not mad that they left him in. (laughs) (laughs) We're on a secret mission, me and my partner, James Bond, from the British Secret Service. (laughs) Oh, don't worry about it. This is my department. Louisiana (laughs) (laughs) Sheriff's Department. Sheriff Clifton, or Sheriff J.W. Pepper, Louisiana State Police. Let me tell you what happened here. What what he he keeps calling them like long heads or what are pointy pointy heads? heads? (laughs) (laughs) Which I assume is some kind of racial slur. Yeah, Uh, but uh, they had a lot of they had a lot of slurs for Asian people back in those. (laughs) A lot of lot of wars with the Asians back then. (laughs) Yeah, this came out in seventy four, so right at the tail end there of the of the uh, Vietnam War. Then J.W. Pepper say he served in two world wars, though. Like yeah, we saved true. your ass. I I served in two world wars, and we saved your ass in both of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what his deal is. He served in both. I guess it's well, no. But he, he might have fought. He might have fought against Japan. You know. Yeah, and then maybe Korea. Maybe he fought in the Korean War. <laughs> yeah, he just refers to any war as a world war. Yeah, <laughs> anything outside of Louisiana is the world. Uh, so i i really liked it i don't know if it's it's as soonish i don't i don't think it's quite that good but it's it's 100 percent and eventually like all right it, it's not lower than an eventually for sure worth checking out eventually sounds good now it's uh, nice to get a real bond movie after <laughs> fucking five downhill craig ones <laughs> yeah although as i said before i think specter is the most like a bond movie of the craigs yeah skyfall was close yeah skyfall and specter were definitely like the most like bond ish movies mm-hmm. um the other ones like 
why is he why is he so obsessed with these like women like he encounters these women and he's obsessed with them like it's weird all right well now it's time for you to challenge me to a film this is a challenge i think i'm going to challenge you to watch alfred hitchcock's movie frenzy sounds good is it on uh, hbo max I don't know. I have the Blu-ray of it if okay. it's not available. So uh, that maybe the TC might be on might, might be it. on Peacock. I think a lot of his stuff is on Peacock. Okay, sounds good. All right, um, let me kind of wrap up the show, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Mount the Golden Gun with spoilers. So, uh, Brett, where can people find our lovely merchandise? They can go to. WTM watch this movie dot creator dash spring dot com. Check out all our great merchandise t shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, all kinds of stuff, bunch of different designs. So check that out and support the show that way. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively both one. You can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. You can check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com and please rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. So let's talk a little more about Hervé Villages. I liked how the first line of dialogue in this movie is Christopher Lee yelling, Knick-knack, Tabasco! (laughs) I mean, Bond's always been pretty much always been about product placement. Yeah. And they must have had a, an agreement with Tabasco because in the next film, when the main villain dies, he's like, he's at a, like a big dining room table and he's falling over. He's like kind of trying to hold himself up. And there's a big, there's a bottle of Tabasco right in, right in frame of the camera, like not far from his face. <laughs> Another villain likes Tabasco and his food, I guess. But yeah, it was, he was awesome. And hey, we miss, uh, like he's trying to get his boss killed so he can get everything like the island. Yeah, he, and inherits the, yeah, he, in- <laughs> he inherits that fantasy island. Yes. <laughs> it's a prequel. One of my favorite scenes was, uh, <laughs> so they do like the ninja or like the, the karate or Kung Fu demonstration. And then they break out and Bond gets in a boat and he's he's getting chased down the river by all these karate guys. Mm-hmm. And uh like there's a, like tour boats there, and a little kid's trying to sell this wooden elephant to all the tourists, and he sees James Bond like stalling out, and he jumps in his boat and he's like, I give it fifty dollars. I forget what the, the it unit was. was. It, it was like, Ba, which is the like, ties money, he's Ba. He's yeah, like B-A-H. He's like, yeah, he's like, I gave you 50 ba. Uh, <laughs> 40 ba. You, you get an elephant for 20 ba. For ju- and Bond says, I give you 20,000 ba if you could get my boat going. And he he sees that like the, the fuel line is like switched off or something. And he, he opens it up and the thing revs right up. And he says, all right, you owe me 20,000 ba. And Bond just pie faces him into the <laughs> river and says, I'll have to owe you. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing for like 30 seconds. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. Although to be fair, you know, that, that's right when Bond sees the, the bad guys coming. So he, he's got to get him, the kid out of harm's way. And he doesn't have 20,000 ba on him. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. And then Bond ends up turning around and he, he slashes his boat into the, uh, the bad guy's boat and sinks him. And then J.W. Pepper's there and he, he jumps in the boat. Or I, I forget, they get hooked up together and uh, start chasing the, the bad guys in the car. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, the Roger Moore films are known for having more comedy in them than the Connerys. Yeah. The Connery always had some, you know, quips and funny lines and whatnot. Yeah, his, his were more subdued. Like, these are a lot more... Uh, outrageous 
<laughs> it seems like Roger Moore's having a lot of fun doing everything, like delivering all his lines. Oh, so yes. He almost has like a shitty grin in like half of them. He's got no problem roughing up a woman to get information <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah. Which is also interesting because he's the, the bond that kind of put an end to that. Because like oh, yeah. the first couple, he, I can't remember if he roughs a woman up in uh, Live and Let Die, but he does here. And uh, he said he didn't like that. And so he kind of had him phase it out. So at least like after the next one, like, I don't think. I he- mean, I could see that. Like he, he slapped her a, a few times and put her in a hammer lock. <laughs> i did yeah. like like she gave up the the info pretty quick and then he's like why why did you do that said, she goes i didn't want you to twist my arm again and she meant literally <laughs> usually that's a figure of speech <laughs> yeah that's uh, uh, maude adams she's uh yeah you'll see her again she's the main bond girl in octopussy different character and she's also as like an uncredited cameo and uh view to a kill i think she's just in a scene she doesn't even talk she's like in the background i think Hmm. okay but also you might have recognized uh so the guy in the beginning that assassin that scary manga fights with yeah kills he was in diamonds are forever he was a slumber ink or whatever his name uh, that so he's the they try to kill bond at the at the crematarium or cream what what do you call it (laughs) The cremate, yeah, crematorium, yeah, which is like in the middle of the church for some reason. Yeah, it's I guess that's the efficient. Mm-hmm. So he was there with like Sid Haig, and, yep, uh, mm-hmm. that crew. Oh. Okay, I like he shoots the the uh, Al Capone robot, and he's like, "Sorry, <laughs> wherever you are, Al. Sorry, I didn't mean it." <laughs> Like he's more afraid of this dead gangster than the dude that he's uh, been hired yeah. to kill. So when he's driving around with J.W. Pepper, he's, where are you going, boy? The bridge is down that way. He's like, you're not gonna. I sure am, boy. And he goes off that loop-de-loop jump, like that. I guess it's like a spinning jump. I don't know what you call that. The he does a barrel roll. Yeah, barrel roll. Uh, Although I saw a commercial recently that said that uh, what's the the guy from Ridiculousness, Rob Jerdak, was mm-hmm. like the first one to pull off a, a barrel roll. And I'm like, watching this movie, like, <laughs> you're telling me that James Bond didn't pull off a barrel roll in 1974? <laughs> I like how J.W. Pepper's not strapped in, so he like ends up like in the back seat. <laughs> like he hits the ceiling and just falls in the back seat. <laughs> never done that before he's having a great time um yeah they use a slide whistle (laughs) it's like as he lands pretty obnoxious uh good stuff yeah i mean that golden gun was uh was interesting i like it was like uh what like a cigarette pack and a like a cigarette holder and then like a lighter and then the uh, yeah I saw like the, the golden or, gun was made by some uh, English uh, lighter company, and uh, he he had one round in there. Well, the, let me let the the duel at the end was pretty funny. You're counting off the paces, and you get the, the tension rising, and they're going to turn at twenty paces and fire. And James Bond turns around, and he's not there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to retreat to his funhouse. And then Knickknack starts helping him, which was pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. If you if you kill him, I get all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, putting him in the suitcase at the end was pretty great too. I thought he was going to throw him over the side. I was a little disappointed that they they put him in the crow's nest or whatever. Because <laughs> uh, he like like he goes upstairs or you know up to the deck with him in the suitcase, and then he comes back down and. Uh, good night's like, what did you do with him? He's like, what did you think? That's what I did with him. It's like, well, I, th- I thought you were going to throw him over in the suitcase <laughs> and drown him. <laughs> like a bunch of rats in a bag or something. Cats, cats in a bag. Like a, like a cat. It's like the beginning of the movie, cats. <laughs> uh, 
That movie, speaking of cats, that movie goes downhill after the best scene, which is the the one human character throwing the cat in the bag into the trash dump. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you like the man with the golden gun. I may give you a break from Bond for a while, but yeah, uh, now that now that you know James Bond may or may not return. <laughs> Spoilers like uh no he will because it says that at the end of the credits james bond will return it's like that stimson's episode where uh bart gets a drum set and like homer encourages to 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 practice and then he goes up to tell him to shut up and be quiet with it and uh bart's like i thought you wanted me to practice and homer goes i'm sending you mixed messages I was thinking that when I see the news. Yeah. But pretty much everything. Like, anyways. All right. Well, I got to skedaddle. Got to go to work. Definitely a pleasant uh, improvement over the Daniel Craig Bond movies. (laughs) Well, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking Check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you lost my case.